Hello everyone, welcome back to the main event. You're here with me, Daniel. And Aaron. Aaron, we've got where we should have started, Group A today. It's quite an interesting group by the looks of it, and one of the teams that I'll be supporting and cheering on, the team, I think, favourite to finish bottom of this group, Club Bruges is where we are going to start with this one. Uh, the, they've endeared us on this podcast. Are, are you are you still enjoying the, the Club Bruges content? I am. I think that... Uh, I think we were able to identify a lot of their good players, and they performed quite well last year, so... That's one of the, the highlights of the podcast last season was getting players like Vanekin and people like that to Ketelet, obviously, for match yeah. day one. Yeah, getting identifying players like that. So hopefully we can do it again and that Bruges can cause a few upsets in this group. 100%. They've, um, they've had a, a bit of a bizarre start to the season, to be honest. Uh, they have obviously sold Dennis... Bonaventure, Emmanuel, as um, as we all know, now plays for Watford. They have brought in Wesley, Aston Villa Wesley, up front, although he hasn't had a sniff yet. Uh, I don't know whether he's injured or not, but he hasn't had a sniff in that first team. They won the first game 3-2, lost the second game 6-1. That's concerning. Uh, and then change their formation from a 5-3-2 to a 4-3-3 in order to play this weekend. They played last night. We are recording this on Saturday afternoon. So Friday night they played. the won 3-0, but I think they were only 1-0 up when the opposition got, uh, got a man sent off. So they were down to 10 men, which is really annoying for us because it doesn't allow us to fully engage with what might have been an 11-a-side game. Minulay is the goalkeeper. Uh, last night, I'll go with that team that played. Mata played right-back. Hendry and Unsoki played centre-backs. Sabal played left-back. Voma, Balanta and Vanekin played as the three in midfield. Sauer played right-wing. Lang played left-wing. And Christian de Ketteler, our boy, played as the lone striker. It has been a little bit conflicting, Uh depending on what website you use, because some websites are saying that they played a 4-2, four, four but Zaketele and Lang is the two forwards. Either way, they're both midfielders on the game. They're both playing in attacking positions. Um, in terms of players that played in the opening two games uh, that didn't play last night, Michelle played both games. And I think that is probably about... Oh, Alvarez, he played, he played both games as well. Uh, so I'm not sure entirely why they got brought out. Obviously, got beat six one, and I think like all teams, we are seeing a bit of a trend from the Euros where they have a certain set eleven for the opening two games, and they completely change up for three, four, five. I appreciate these have only played three games, um, but I don't see any reason really why you would go for Bruges defenders. I'd say they're a total avoid. Uh, it's just some stats. Uh, Mata got an assist last night. Vanekin has two goals and an assist in his three games. Vorma has two assists. Uh, Lang has two goals and an assist. Two of those came, la- uh, came last night. And De Ketelet has one goal in that opening game. So, Aaron, what are you making a Club Bruges? The group draw has absolutely kind of ruined the, a lot of the 
players and I think rightly so a couple of their players got price rises due to their performances last uh, year but I think some players maybe it was too much of a price rise as well so it also makes it difficult if it was like for example if Bruges got put into Ajax's group it would have been a lot more interesting um, yeah, and potentially you would have took a, a gamble at a few of them but with the first few games, it's it's really difficult to see how the they might get the odd goal, but to see them actually put in a strong performance, it's going to be difficult for them, really difficult. And I really hope that the the do cause a few upsets, cause a few drop like matches of drama in this group, um, just because I don't want the money to determine who goes through, but I know it will. With this group, I think it will. Yeah, unfortunately, especially when the other three group, uh, the three teams, money is a big topic with them. So, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of their players, though, obviously, uh, Vanekin, he was probably going to be the go-to for me anyways, but for seven million, it's just too much. I, think, I don't know, even know how much he was last year, but he definitely wasn't that high. I think, I, I think if I remember correctly, I th- he was seven, and I think right, and I think Vorma was five point five, and De Ketelaire was four point five. Yeah, he Manikin was five. Manigan might have been six. No, yeah, because I, th- I think with him being the pen taker, he might have been six point five. But th- I think there might be a tiny little rise. Um, Vorma's had a little rise, and De Ketelaire's had a relatively big one to six. Yeah, which I think was justified, but it's quite nice that he, even last year, he played up front a little bit and he's still classed as a midfielder this year as well, which is Ridiculous. nice. He's in that Sport. defensive midfield price point. So it's it's just the group, though. It's, it's, he would have been really good to pick again. I think the important information that, I, that I've looked at is... Um... Is Bruges last year they had a, a good group. Lazio, who were fairly open at times. Dortmund, a far better team than Bruges, but again, can be left fairly open. And Zenit, who are pretty naff. Uh and with those fixtures, and obviously on a four and a half punt, it's absolutely fine. Doesn't matter who they're playing. If Tiketler was four and a half million, I wouldn't care who he's playing. Mm-hmm. I'd still give him a pop. Why not? He can nick a goal. Obviously, like we say, the six, the seven, and Lang, six and a half million midfielder. Again, he's right in that mix. But against Dortmund last year, who I think aren't as good as PS3 or Man City, I think that's fair to say. I don't think they were as good as them last year. I don't think they were as good as them this year. Dortmund turned these up over 3 0 both times. So if if you're looking at the standard of the group, that, that uh, this is the right group, isn't it? Um, yeah, Man City, yeah. PSG. And then obviously they've got Leipzig. I think Leipzig obviously finished higher than Dortmund. I think Dortmund are a little bit more explosive. So I don't think Leipzig will win 3-0 against Bruges. But I also think Leipzig are going to win because Leipzig are technically a better team than Dortmund. Obviously, they don't have a player like Haaland up front, but from back to front, they're, uh, they have... Like, arguably, I don't know about individual better players. And Leipzig, we're about to discuss, haven't had 
the best start of the league. It's been very up and down. They've got a couple of injuries. Um, but I still just think Bruges aren't going to get anything from this group. And I don't want to be paying six, seven millions for players that might get one goal in six games. Yeah, uh, a, couple, yeah. a couple of players that I want to mention, De Kuyper and Van Den Kebus, they don't play. Um, people have them selected in their teams currently from what, what I saw when I was doing my research. If you have either of those players, get rid of them. Look at our previews for other groups. There are loads of four and a half million defenders that you can choose. Absolutely loads. And that will play. And aren't in a heinous, heinous group playing against De Bruyne, Messi, Mbappe, Neymar. Yeah. Like, why would you? Why? Why Why would you want any of these defenders in a I think them? sometimes we forget that, like, we'll get so uh, invested in the ball recovery points that we almost forget that goals conceded will take them points away easily as what they are, as hard as what they were gained. So will Paris Saint-Germain and Man City score more than three or four pass? Because that would mean that they have to get six ball recovery points or more to in order to get one point if they lose 4-0. Like, so they would come away from a 4-0 win with three points and that's still that means they've done seven ball recoveries it's, it's probably better to get someone else around the same price point who's probably in a bit more of a secure defense and even a, a more even group because i can see man city getting a, a five nil they, they, they love their five nils man city yeah. um so i could see that happening paris saint-germain who knows the sky's the limit with them three up front. So, do they have um PSG first game? Yes, in yeah. Bruges. I don't get matters if they can get if they can concede six goals in the Belgian league. That's frightening. Mm-hmm. The only thing move... I hope is that they get complacent in well, the PSG. Yeah, like if Neymar turns from pumping up his stats and go instead focuses more on dribbling means Neymar could get hurt. <laughs> a horrible thing to say. Um, no, I just, I don't want them to stop. I've got Hakimi in my team. So I obviously don't want Hopefully them to the... get lots of days and concede goals. Obviously I want, I'd love Bruges to get through. I'll be supporting Bruges for all of these games regardless. Uh, but if if PSG go three 0 up, two 0 up, I'm not. I'm going to be like, okay, just protect Hakimi. That's all I want. I don't. So yeah, I don't even know if Neymar be playing. Uh, let's move on to Man City. Uh, they've obviously had a, a a couple of transfers that they've had. Obviously, Aguero's moved to to Barcelona, and it's not a transfer, but Mendy is suspended. And I think his trial's been set for January. Uh, so let's hope that all gets uh, sorted out quickly and efficiently. And obviously they bought Jack Grealish for 100 million. Lost the first game of the season 1-0. Also lost the curtain raise at the Charity Shield 1-0. So it wasn't a good start. They then turned that around with two 5-0 wins. Uh, they are playing this afternoon. So 
just in terms of lineup, I do have a lineup for them for today, um, which most people can can go and have a little look at. But I'm just going to bring that up now, just so I can compare it to how they've set up. So they have been playing four three three. Pep loves it. Edison is the goalkeeper. He's playing again today. Uh, Cancelo played the first game at right back with Mendy at left back, but Cancelo is now left back. He's played every game there. He's playing today there. And Walker has played every game since then at right back, including today as well. Diaz and Laporte, every day, every game, including today. Centre-backs, Diaz with one assist. Laporte has a goal as well. In midfield, Gundogan, Rodri and Bernardo Silva. Uh, Rodri's played the last two, got a goal as well. Uh, Gundogan's played all threes. Pep's golden boy, and we on this podcast love Gundogan. He's definitely in in my thoughts for his price range. When you consider he's knocking around the same price as, as the likes of Vanekin. Um Bernardo Silva has played the last two games in midfield. There was some doubts about his feature, but that seems to be put to bed. Uh Gabriel Jesus playing right wing now. Mares played their first game. Jesus has played every game since. He's playing today and he's got a goal and three assists. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, but he is a forward on the game. So it'd be, it'd be interesting if he's a midfielder next year. Torres, however, is a midfielder on the game. He is playing up front today. He's played up front every game of the season. He's got two goals and assists so far. And finally, um, Sterling played the first game on the left. But Grealish has played there since. Grealish is starting today at left wing. He has a goal and an assist. Generally sort of coming off the bench has been Mares and Sterling, both chipping in with goals. Mares also has an assist. So I think it's impossible to ever talk about Pep Guardiola's system. I think for the group stages, it's going to be 4-3-3. He usually changes it in the knockouts for a tough team to try and be too clever. It's the personnel that's the issue. Zinchenko might play because it's Pep. Um, you don't know whether Walker or Cancelo play at right back if Zinchenko does play left back, even if he might not. Is John Stones going to come in? We think Diaz is going to be nailed. Gundogan, I think, is the mainstay in that midfield. Fernandinho could come in for Rodri. You'd think Sterling and Mares would play, but I just don't know, Aaron. What are your thoughts on Man City? I went and checked when you were reading out the lineup, and that's the same lineup as both 5 0 wins that they've had recently. Yep. So that's three games in a row where he's had an unchanged start on 11, which we like this trend, Pep. You should, you should do it more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, Especially if it keeps getting you 5-0 wins. Why yeah. change stuff? <laughs> Don't fix something that isn't broken. Yeah, um, but De Bruyne being back on the bench is what interests me. Um, Pep's not going to rush him back. But in ter- maybe not for match day one, but moving forward. I know that last season when both Jesus and Aguero weren't playing, Foden or De Bruyne with a false nine. I think he's pretty set on Ferran Torres being the striker, which is great for his price point, if that's the case. But De Bruyne could easily come in and be the false nine as well, uh, which is difficult as well. So it's a lot of guesswork, 
But in terms of three starting 11s in a row the same, I think that the team on Tuesday or Wednesday um, will be the same as this one. Very close, I think. I think it'll be one or two changes, depending on who looks tired or who plays 90 minutes. I think the substitutes from today's game will be very interesting. If we see people get brought off at around 60, 70 minutes, I think you can pretty much, they're more likely to start. Interesting. Uh, that is something to keep an eye out on, I think, the, the substitutes. The most expensive midfielder in the game, Kevin De Bruyne, plays for Man City. 11 million. Uh, I don't know if he's still in my team. I had him in my team as a placeholder, but I think we've already discussed I'm probably going to take him out to put Ronaldo in uh, or Messi against Bruges, one of the two. And it's obviously just he's been injured. We don't know quite when he's back. Might take a game or two to just sort of feel his way around. For me, he is the best midfielder on the game when he is fit, him and Salah. But the group isn't the easiest. I think he'll do all right against Leipzig. He's played in Germany, did very, very well for Wolfsburg, but obviously got his move to Man City. I think it was like 56 million or something. uh, Worth every penny. And he's borderline fixed-proof. He did well against PSG in the knockouts last year. So I think it, it doesn't really matter who he plays, except for maybe Man United. I think that's a bit of a bogey team for, for Pep's Man City. They tend to beat them quite a bit. Um. So yeah, I, I think um, KDB, the 11 million, is just too much. Is that any, does that tempt you at all? Not for match day one. I think that's going to be someone, maybe for Limitless, if you're looking to Limitless in either match day three or four, Bruges, Man City. Um, and so potentially bringing them in for that. But in terms of, and also the, I don't know if the 19th of October is a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but if it's the Tuesday, they're the early kickoff as well. So you'll get the start in 11. Um, I'll just check real quick. Yeah, it's I'll the Tuesday. Look. So... Match Was that day match day three, th- three, did you see? Yeah, match see. day three, Man City, Bruges, they're the early kickoff. You'll get the Man that's, City starting 11. So that's my limitless. That's that's our limitless match day three. I was it was either going to be match day three or match day five, just looking at the fixtures. I can't ask for more than that. Yeah, so De Bruyne probably for then. In the meantime, Leipzig, PSG, there's probably I would say, I think Salah's first two games are a bit easier. So potentially could do a switch from Salah to De Bruyne yeah. uh, halfway through the group. Um, I think the two midfielders that people will be arguing over, it, it's going to be Torres and Gundogan. Torres, seven and a half. Gundogan at seven. Which one of those takes your fancy more and why? Uh, I've got Torres in my draft at the minute. Um. I've been quite high on Torres all season. Like FPL, I got him in FPL draft. He was one of my first few picks. Well, I, I got managed to get him mid uh, draft, but quite high on him. He was one of my priorities to try and get, and in Champions League as well, just because 
even though he didn't do t- like even though he plays as a winger for Spain, I just think that because he has played there last season, and Gabriel Jesus can be very very hot and cold. I think that when I heard that Harry Kane wasn't going to Man City, Torres was straight into my team. But I, but he's played a lot of minutes for Spain. Um over the international break. I think he's played the full 90s for Pep recently. So when it comes to Bruges, I could see him potentially getting subbed off first than Gundogan. I think Gundogan is a bit more trusted in the midfield. So if you're looking for maybe a safer floor, Gundogan's probably the safer floor. But higher ceiling, I would say, is Torres. I am. I'm not... really overly keen on either of them and the reason is I don't think they'll thrash Leipzig I think when you look at the teams that they've been beaten by this season Leicester 1-0 Tottenham 1-0 and the two teams that they beat 5-0 are Norwich and Arsenal and Arsenal are poor let's be honest they aren't the team they used to be they are very poor and didn't have some of the the older attacking threats like a Lacazette or an Aubameyang to even occupy the Man City defence. And then obviously with Xhaka getting sent off as well. And I appreciate, I think it was 2-0 when he got sent off anyway. It wasn't like they were ever getting anything from the game. It wasn't like that changed the game. But it might have added to the scoreline. Uh, I, I think when I, I place Leipzig and PSG in that, where do I rank those two teams around the four that they played? And I'd say Leipzig's sort of around Leicester. In PSG's by far and away would be the best of the four. And how did Torres and Gundogan play against those, let's say Leicester and uh, in Tottenham? I think they did all right against Tottenham. And um, I think they did very, very badly against Leicester. <laughs> uh, so I'm not overly keen on either of them. And I might bring one of them in against Bruges. Mm-hmm. Especially if um, if you want a match day for Bruges as well. So that could be just a transfer for match day four, see how they get on. And that's fine, but seven and a half million. Do I think Torres is going to get more points against Leipzig and uh, PSG than Hakimi, Kimmich, or Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, that's... Or so actually, what you've just said there is... Because before we started recording, I was saying that this is the type of... Like the time where you're just constantly just changing your team. And yeah. every single change that I've done... It's almost to the point where it's almost like a guarantee that Torres is leaving my first draft to make way for a better defender so that I can have more premium defenders and bring Torres down to a defensive midfielder because the ball recovery points, if I can find the right defensive midfielder to come into my team, um, I think having like what you've just said there, like a Kimmich or Hakimi, Man- managing to get them into my team would be a lot more beneficial, I think, in terms of higher ceilings. Because we know with this game, the fullbacks are 
insane. So, if so I, the more fullbacks I can get, the better. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I'm going to try and preempt questions here. Uh, so, Diaz Cancelo, 6 million. Kyle Walker, 5.5. Which one of those would you go for? I'd probably go for... Cancelo did really, really well last season in terms even in terms of ball recovery points and I don't I think he even didn't play the majority of the knockouts I think Zinchenko came in later in the knockout stages semi Zinchenko came in semi-final second leg and then because he I think he came on for Cancelo as a sub and then semi-final first leg started in the second because he played so well and then he played so well that he got the final and uh, his mistake cost him the goal. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Pep will make that mistake again. I think Zinchenko's really good against certain levels of opposition. Mm-hmm. Then it's just when, he get, when he's got to play against a certain calibre of forward, because he's not a defender. Yeah. He's a central midfielder. So, I just but when it comes when it comes to when it comes to that, to comparing the three... <laughs> I think it just comes to do you want the safe floor, high ceiling? So having a look at how many risks do you have in your team? If I've got loads of loads of low floor, high ceiling type players, like a Mo Salah, for example, he's a very he's a low floor, high ceiling, I would say. He won't yep. really track back. If I've got like a lot of them players and there's not many ball recovery points. You'd probably want to get DS just to give you a little bit of solidity that you could yeah. balance that out. If you have lots of safe options, um, potentially you would use Cancelo as a bit of that of that risk because I think Kyle Walker is good, but I think because Cancelo can play on the left and the right, it gives him a bit more of a an advantage. Yeah, if Zenchenko does come in, Cancelo can play on the right. Um, obviously, he's more money, but I think over Kyle Walker or Cancelo, I'd probably choose Cancelo. And very lastly, we're going to move on now, but uh, Rodri, five and a half million. I'd just say I'd probably go elsewhere. Rodri can get a goal and he's fine for ball recoveries. But he does have a legitimate rotation risk with Fernandinho. My gut says you'll be fine for like I, th- I think you'll, he's one hundred percent going to play against PSG. I think we'll play the best team against PSG. Leipzig, I don't know. I generally don't know. And um, Bruges, I think Fernandinho will play against Bruges. Genuinely. Uh, let's move on to PSG. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. They had so a quiet they- transfer window. Oh, um, no one in really. Um, Messi, whoever he is, Ramos. Don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, the genie from Aladdin. I think they've signed him. Uh, Hakimi, Mendes, left back. Uh, Donnarumma, because they don't already have a world class goalkeeper. They have shifted a few players: Baca, Ariola, Sarabia, Florenzi. Uh, they didn't. Keep his loan going, obviously, because of Otakimi. And uh, Moise Kian's loan ended. Bye, Moise. We'll love you. 
and he's back at UV now. So their form, um, I've got the last three games. I do remember they did lose this, the French Cup 1-0 against Lille. But when I was looking at their team, this is what we're talking about where it's like at the beginning of the season, we're playing people, some people I've never heard of. Navas has played every game so far. So if you're Donnarumma, I just wouldn't. Na, uh, Hakimi's played every game at right back. Um, he's got a couple of assists already. Yes. Uh, Kera has played a cup, uh, has played every game at centre back. Kimpembe played the first two with him. Marquinhos played the most recent one with him. Uh, and bizarrely, Diallo's played the games at left back. Uh, he has one assist. I do imagine at some point Mendes is going to just slot right in there. He is a left back, the new sign in. Ebimbe, he played the first game, uh, we've not seen him since, with Herrera and Genie because they played a 4-3-3. Uh, Herrera played the next game, got a goal and assist. Verratti came in for uh, for Genie and Idris Gay came in for Ebimbe. Gay got a goal, so I don't know what's up with these defensively-minded midfield. That's banging. Uh, although I do think Herrera is a box-to-box. I not of the school of thought that he's all the midfielder, really. And then the most recent game, uh, the three midfields have been Genie, Adrissagana Gay, and Marco Verratti again. So they've definitely rotated. I don't know what midfielders they are going to go for. I'd just say they're all in a void entirely. And I don't think they're going to get that many points anyway. The front three uh, for the first game was Draxler, Accardian, and Bappe. I think it took them 33 minutes for all of them to score. Uh, although Mbappe's goal might have been changed to an own goal later on. Uh, he got a couple of assists. Uh, the next game, Accardian and Mbappe were up front and um, Mbappe got a goal. Di Maria came on for Mbappe and scored. Headaches. And in the previous game, uh, Di Maria, Mbappe and Neymar were the front three. Di Maria got an assist and Mbappe got two goals. So Neymar's only played one game. Messi, I think, only came off the bench. Um, I'm just panicking, making sure that I have actually done the last game that they played. But I keep on forgetting it's international break, isn't it? Um, I imagine in my head it's going to be Messi and Neymar playing off Mbappe up front. I think that's going to be it. Let's talk about their assets. There's bloody loads of them, Aaron. What's your initial thoughts on PSG? Oh, sorry, real quick. I didn't go through the scores. The one 4-2, 4-2, and 2-0. Just for the scores there. I mean, it's pretty leaky goals, uh, especially for the standard of opposition. So I don't know what that situation is that could favour teams like Bruges and stuff like that. So... But in terms of their assets, obviously Hakimi stands out massively. He's the most owned PSG player currently uh, at the time of recording. Messi uh, is the next highest at 30%. Mbappe um, and then Neymar's a lot, lot lower. So in terms of Mbappe's price, I think he's really interestingly priced because he's just... Well, he's cheaper than all the others. He's a million cheaper than Lewandowski. And 0.5 cheaper than Haaland, Ronaldo, Messi, which I just think is crazy, uh, especially with the good form that he's been in. 
I think Messi's hat trick for Argentina. Uh, I think he should be starting for Paris's game later today. So check the starting eleven for that. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm interested to see how all of these star players perform together. Uh, I think it's just going to be very interesting. Uh, I hope. I mean, I don't want them to do well, but I think it's going to be great to watch. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think you're right. So just for people that aren't aware, Messi 11 million and Bappe 10 and a half. I didn't even check Neymar's price. I absolutely refuse to have him in my team. Mr. 45 minutes. That's what he is. Um, if we look at Messi last year, obviously played in a significantly worse team than this one. But his goals came from penalties in the group stage. And I'm not this person that Pessi and Penaldo, like the two of the greatest football players that have ever lived, if not the two greatest, like have a bit of respect for them. Yes, they score a lot of pens, but they score a lot of headers, a lot of right foots, a lot of left foots. They'll score whatever goals they want. They'll score volleys, overhead kicks between them. Like it just doesn't matter. 30 yards in the box. But obviously, if we are looking, Messi. In the Champions League last year, just an objective truth that he did score from penalties. He also won penalties himself. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see who the penalty taker is because it can be Mbappe, Neymar or Messi, which doesn't really endear me to any one of them. Could even be Sergio Ramos. Could even be Sergio Ramos, who hasn't played yet. But um, for... For those two price points, I do think Messi is going to be more of the creator and I just think Mbappe is going to be gobbling goals up, genuinely. When Messi draws in three players and Mbappe is playing on the shoulder of the last man, in Messi, one of the best, if not the best passer of, of football in the world, <laughs> um, just slides it through for him, real slinky, and he just smashes it in bottom corner. I, I wouldn't be looking at Neymar. Personally, I think Mbappe or Messi would be the ones to go for. And Mbappe, at his price, I'd go for above Messi. Because I think Messi's going to get the assist and I think Mbappe is going to get the goals. Mendes, the left back, four and a half million. Real interesting if he starts playing. He's a one to watch. And if you want a wild card early, it might be someone to bring in on wild card. I don't think he's going to be a defensive minded left back at all. So. You never know, you might get a Kimi 2.0 for 2.0 million less. Ramos, a lot of people have Ramos. I don't know why he's not playing. He might start playing, but I think it's going to be a bit of a dangerous tactic to play Marquinhos and Ramos at centre-backs. There's not a great deal of pace there. So if you are playing against any team with a bit of pace, I'm not sure how much they'd enjoy that. I mean, Marquinhos isn't slow by any measure. But he does benefit from having legs next to him. I think Ramos might be more of the uh, like a league uh, centre back, and they'll play. Keras played all three games. I don't see why he wouldn't play again. You mentioned at the beginning, obviously they were very leaky. I've talked about on this podcast a few times this season from the group draws and our reactions, all that. That they were three nil up in these games and trying to blow leads. Basically, it was constantly come back to three two, and then they'd sort of kick on a gear. But when you look at their team, I don't think Kera and Nkempembe are their starting centre-backs. They put Marquinhos back in there and they keep a clean sheet, and that's just not a surprise. He is an elite 
elite defender. He's comfortably world-class. I think if I was to make the best team in the world, he might be one of the two centre-backs in there, maybe. I know you've got Diaz, Van Dijk, but he's a, he'd be in a 26-man squad, I think. Mm-hmm. Um mentioned earlier, Donnarumma, why rotation risk for six million is a joke. It's a laughable, laughable joke. Is there anyone else that's taken your fancy from this lot? No, I think you've mentioned it. Just in terms of Donnarumma, obviously, just with the nature of his transfer, um, it was quite hidden, like the details by the English media. Um, they didn't go into huge detail about it because we were focusing more on if Pogba was leaving and stuff like that. Um, and Harry Kane, etc. But basically what happened was Mino Raiola, the amazing man that he is. Oh, he's just such a giver. Um, he went to AC Milan, and this was before Italy won the Euros, and said, we want to make Donnarumma the highest paid goalkeeper in the world. And AC Milan said, we can't afford it. Um, and Riola was like, okay, we'll, we'll have this amount, which would have made him the highest paid player in Syria. Um, like he's underneath general, Ronaldo. But he's not the best, he's not the best player in Syria. Like he's yeah. a very, very good goalkeeper. So, and, and what happened was Maldini, absolute legend, just turned around and said, we're not, going to your demands. We've already got a goalkeeper ready. Class. And so... Come on, Paolo! Riola was like... Uh, and like said, fine, I'll sell him. Like, well, uh, we'll, get, we'll get him a new club. And he asked around and nobody else... He asked around the Premier League. Nice. Yeah. And nobody signed him. And he, he was kind of left with egg on his face because AC Milan called his bluff. And... Basically, as a because Leonardo is the sporting director for PSG, he, he basically called in a favor and said, Can you sign Donnarumma, please? And that's what happened. That's the nature of the transfer. Pochettino didn't want him. Um, and so, as a result, Donnarumma is now bench goalkeeper. Probably the best bench goalkeeper there is because Pochettino absolutely loves Navas. Yeah. Um, which I feel sorry for Navas because the exact same thing happened with him in Real Madrid where Courtois came in and Navas did nothing wrong. He just wasn't a flashy name. Yeah. So, Most successful goalkeeper in Champions League history, I think. <laughs> so I think just with the in terms of the, the nature around the transfer, unless somewhere in the contract says that he's going to play the cup games, Navas seems to be the better pick. Yeah, I'd say clear. Once it becomes real, really apparent, yes. Stick him in on a wild card. Go for it if that's what you want to do. Navas might be an all right pick. I haven't even written Navas down, but Navas is fairly cheap, isn't he? For Five million. Five million? Same, Same price, price as new. Uh, let's jump on to Leipzig. Last team. So Leipzig, um, again, sporadic. They lost their first game 1-0. They won the second game 4-0. I think everyone saw the highlights. The first three goals were like three of the greatest goals you're likely to see this season. Um, and then even the penalty was smashed in that the fourth goal. And then they got beat 1-0 last weekend. Angelino's injured, so we don't have any heroics from him. My uh, my lovely 18-pointer from last year. Do you have Angelino in first game of the season? Yeah. 
helped us out immensely last year. So they are now a back four last year. So this is what's really difficult with Leipzig. We had an understanding of how they played, but with a change of managers, it was very it was going to be a little bit more confusing in terms of just what style of football do they want to play? The grateful thing is the new coach is the complete antithesis to the previous one and is playing a solid formation. It's 4-2-3-1. He's not messing around. So previously they had three five twos overlapping centre-backs, bombing on wing-backs. They've had four three threes, diamonds, anything you could possibly imagine. Nagelsmann went with it. So Galaxy is the goalkeeper. As you probably saw against England, you had a bit of a shocker. He's not been very good recently. I think his time may have been in gone, to be honest. Uh, right back. First game was Mukiele. He hasn't played since. Klosterman has been playing the last two games. Orban and Simakan are the two centre-backs. They're nailed. If you want one of them, head for it. It's fine. Angelino is the first choice left-back. Injured. Uh, yeah, we'll go with this name. Gavardiol. His came in... To replace him at left back. The two holders, um, Tyler Adams, has played every game. Kampf played the first, then Hadara came in and played the next two. Uh, then who we got? Uh, so the three in behind the forward, Hadara played in that position for the first game before being dropped back, and he was replaced by our fan favorite, Dominic Sobislai, who has two goals. In that 4-0 win. Emil Forsberg, Swedish legend. He's played all three games behind the forward in the central position. He has one goal. No longer on penalties, which I think definitely takes away some of his appeal. And Nkunku is playing on the left. Uh, he's played all three games. New signing Silva, who was second top goal scorer in the Bundesliga last year, I think, behind Lewandowski. Scored more goals in the Bundesliga than Haaland. Not across all competitions, though Haaland did get more. Silva has uh, one penalty goal and an assist. Again, everything came in that 4-0 win because they've not scored in any of the games. So, I think the new manager has probably done us a favour in terms of just avoid this lot because if it was any other year, I'd be very, very tempted. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple of these in my um, I had a choice, and I made the wrong choice, Aaron, for my Gaffer League. It was to double up on Wolfsburg or to double up on Leipzig, and I doubled up on Leipzig at the last minute. I went in Kunku and Angelino, and the both did nothing, and the Wolfsburg boys have done absolutely class. So, c'est la vie. Uh, do you have any thoughts on these? I think if... If Leipzig were in any other group, I probably would have put in Silva as the third striker because of how prolific he was. But, yeah, not really just due to price points in the group that they're in. So, like kind of what you said there, avoid maybe Schlobberslai, but that's it. I'm going to have a little look. It's just um, one of the prices here. Like I say, if you do have Angelino in, I would recommend taking him out. Uh, Silva, 9 million. Scores a lot of goals. 
not really hit the ground running so far. Do you think he's in a void? Do you think the forward spots are too precious for nine million? And then obviously you've got the likes of Depay up there at eight and a half. Is that? Do you think he's been priced out of it? Yeah, I would say if he was at eight million, probably you would get him in like over the same kind of price as Woghorst. I think probably would have went him to be able to get a premium midfielder. Yeah. Uh, Simakan, four and a half million is the start in the centre back. So if you are looking for a Leipzig defender, I'll be honest, I don't know why you would in this group. There are so many four and a half million defenders you can have. I think you're a lunatic if you want Simakan. But if you are a Leipzig fan or anything like that, then he is four and a half million and you want that representation. Sobo at seven will forever be interesting because. Whether the game's easy or difficult, I kind of don't think it matters. It's it's how he's feeling on the day. Mm. From what I've seen of him play, like I've seen him play against Garbage and he's been not very good. And I've seen him, when he played against Bayern Munich, he was brilliant. He tore them apart at times. Yeah. And obviously I've seen him play well against bad teams and I've seen him play badly against good teams. I, I think it's, it's trying to capitalize on his feelings. Is he is he feeling up to it in the moment? In those in those moments, um, just as a as an update, I know this isn't for this group, but Lucas and Mech has just scored for Wolfsburg. So, I know that um, Cameron is hot on this kid. He's playing right wing in a four two three one. So that's just a just something for. For people to know, just while we are on here. And I'm just going to have a quick look at some more Leipzig players. It's just, I want to see the left back, this Gvardiol, see if he's... Uh, four and a half. Four and a half, there you go. So it's too much. I just think it's too much. If he was four, then yeah, I think that would be fine as an Angelino replacement until he comes back. We don't know how long Angelino was out for, but um, probably just, probably just avoid Leipzig. Which is a shame because last year we were, even though they were in a PSG's group, Man United, Istanbul, Bashik's here. I mean, yeah, that was an easy one to target. Um, we still felt that they had a chance. And this year, I don't I don't think they've got a chance at all. I think they'll actually be fortunate to finish Europa League. And it all depends on their their battles with Bruges, to be honest, I think that's where the that's where both teams need to to go out all guns blazing and try and hammer each other because the, those points are going to be so important. How do you think the group's going to finish? I think it'll be Man City top, Ooh, Paris taste. Saint-Germain second. I do think that Leipzig will finish third and Bruges last. Well, I'm going Bruges first. Come on, you Bruges. Come on, you Bruges. No, I'm not going Bruges first. I'm going... I'm going to go PSG first. And I'm going to go Man City second. And even though I think Leipzig will finish third, I'm going Bruges third, up the Bruges, and I'll have Leipzig finishing last on goal difference. I'm going to go goal difference for Leipzig. I think they'll get battered off... Man City and PSG because I think they'll try and go for it whereas I think Bruges will be a little bit more sensible I think they'll try and go for it and get steamrolled 
We've obviously discussed just again, getting scores come through here. Borussia Dortmund, nine minutes in, already 1-0 down against Leverkusen. So have one of their defenders or goalkeeper at your peril. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Aaron, that's it for this podcast. We've got two more left to record, so we'll have them out to you as quickly as possible. Thanks so much, as ever, for jumping on. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Click the notification bell so you don't miss any more of our previews. If you haven't seen our other ones, please jump back and watch them. We are on Twitter at UCL Fantasy Pod, and we are working this year with at all about FPL. So give them a follow as well. And we will see you next time for the penultimate group preview. We'll see you then. Bye now. <laughs>